It's Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. Long Island Vibes. On 107.1 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. Now here's your host, Frank McKay. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, day four of our recap of 2022 and all of our concentration for the most part has been about uh, the Ukrainian war and uh, we'll continue we'll continue into it tomorrow as well and <clears throat> such a big part and of the uh, of the news cycle and and the uh, the news that dominated last year and and certainly was a big part for me you know because I was you know I had spent some time there and uh, you know, it was a unique experience for me to be around uh, the beginning of a war. And quite frankly, I was, you know, thinking to myself, as I mentioned yesterday, that and and the day before, you know, that you know this could be the third world war, right? This could be it. You know, this could be the big one. And uh, you know, you get a guy like Putin. <clears throat> there and who knows what his reaction would be to uh, to total desperation and uh, you know we uh, we haven't seen it yet right we haven't seen Putin's uh, worst yet I think uh, I think we're all safe safely uh, would agree with that and I mean obviously I hope I hope we've seen his worst the one thing that that I don't particularly, that I don't particularly um, realize or, or or know is is what's going on in his inner circle. We don't know anything about it, but I I do know the people around the countries, around the residents of the countries, <clears throat> are very sympathetic with. Uh, the Ukrainians, they certainly were when I was there, and I'm sure that's grown. And, you know, I mentioned the, the Belarusians and their situation, and I uh, kind of understood why the uh, the polls and, and the example I gave were, were very tense, and, uh, you know, they, they have very little patience for this. By the way, not too long before that when I mentioned you know and I'll just recap a little bit the <clears throat> there were three Belarusians who are you know basically you know Russia's little brother I mean they're very Belarus and the residents of Belarus the government of Belarus is very supportive of, of the Russians and the people there consider themselves Russians and in uh, many ways and it is uh, it is little Russia so I explained that there was a big to-do in Poland. It was a police action, military action, and I didn't know what was going on, but it, it turned out it was, it was basically, I think, uh, it was an argument between uh, some Belarusians who were, who were at a train station waiting to go back uh, to their, their home country, and they, you know, who knows how it started, who knows who provoked it, but uh, I think they got the hell beat out of them, and they... Uh, they they took off, and uh, hey, look, you know, when you get into bullying and, and things like that, and it's, it has to do with school and whatever, we're very sympathetic. Um, the, the people over there in, in Poland, in that particular area, uh, got 
uh, got a taste of what the bombing was. And I, I kind of know what, what happened. Um, I, I kept seeing uh, troops, um, Ukrainian troops, in this, uh, this heavy rural area. And a, as it turned out, and, and by the way, no troops uh, admitted this to me, no Polish troops admitted this to me, but the, um, the, the reason they're there, the reason the, the troops were that close to the Polish border is they were transporting things you know, supplies or equipment or whatever they were. You know, the Russians aren't bombing rural areas uh, for for no reason. You know, I gave it as an example uh, <clears throat> when we were we were covering this when I was covering this last year. Uh, and and again, it you know it sounds uh, I don't know it's, it, maybe it sounds insensitive, uh, but I, I don't think so. I think you'll know what I'm talking about. But if you see an animal, if you see a, a, a grizzly bear somewhere, you see, you know, you're in Montana, you're in uh, Yellowstone, you're in Denali National Park in, uh, in, in Alaska, <clears throat> and you see a, a grizzly bear around, it's doing one of two things, right? It's looking for food, it's hunting, scavenging, whatever, or it's looking for a mate, it's looking for, it's looking to procreate, or it's looking to... Uh, it's it's looking to uh, kill something and eat it or find something and eat it. It's those two things. You, you know, they don't hang out. They're not like teenagers, uh, grizzly bears or wolves or, what you know, just name a wild animal. It, if you see a wild animal, uh, assume that it's doing one of those two things. Don't assume it's playing. Don't assume it's 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 just having a good time or whatever. It's 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 hunting or it's it's looking for a mate. And I, I said, and, and it hit me while I was there, it's the same thing with troops. If you see, troops aren't hanging out, they're not just hanging out doing nothing. They're there for a reason. And I, I touched on this, and I don't think I ever got to, the, got to the point, but one of the guys that I was talking to on the Ukrainian side, and he was the, the leader of these, uh, of these brand new troops, and I didn't really necessarily know that they, they, were, they were brand new uh, until he mentioned this to me. And he said, you know, you, you met my friend the other day, um, and I think he said, I, I don't know if his name was Serve or, or Serge or something like that. And he was another guy similar to this. He had, uh, you know, troops. And, <clears throat> and, and if I've said this before, I'd say it's worth repeating. He said, "When you when you saw him, uh, you thought he was uh, being uh, uh, dismissive, or I, I don't know. He was heavy broken English, um, you know that that they spoke him. But he said, in other words, you thought I. He thought I was being. He thought I thought that the guy was being mean to me, and I didn't necessarily think that. I mean, they've all all the, you know, all the Ukrainians, or actually, all of the soldiers, um, for the most part." would say things like hey listen don't don't take our pictures we don't want pictures we don't want this and um just uh, you know stay away from the pictures we'll you know gladly talk and we can give you a little information and, and they don't really give much up well actually they, i'll take that back i think they do but they don't give up anything that's uh, that's secretive they're not saying where they're going or why they're going uh you know i think they're careful 
and they're, especially if they're talking to somebody in the media. I never, you know, after the first day, I never uh, went up to uh, anyone in the military with a microphone in my hand. Anytime I saw somebody come and I would, uh, I would make sure they, I'd even show my hands. Like, I mean, maybe they don't have showing that I don't have a gun. I was showing that I didn't have a microphone or I didn't have a, a camera. Uh, you know, a, a, I wasn't filming them. And what he said, anyway, he said, uh, uh, you know, Surge or whatever. He said that was his friend. He said that he, that, that he and that guy um, started out almost at the same time. And he said seven and a half years, the two of them have been um, involved in the military, the Ukrainian military. He said, these guys here, and he was, you know, he was, I, I appreciate him being blunt. He said, these guys here, all but two guys out of the whole crew and I don't know, maybe there were there were 25 men that he had. He said, uh, all but two guys, or all but four guys, did he say, um, have never held a gun in their lives. All of these men, except, and he pointed a couple of them out, one of them I knew, uh, you know, just from, uh, you know, from talking, I didn't know him, you know, but I mean, I, uh, you know, I knew who he was and I had a conversation with the guy and he was friendly. Um, but, you know, in other words, only about, I don't know, a handful, only about four of them had any experience whatsoever with weapon, with a weapon. He said, so all of these other guys, um, but I think he said four, maybe, maybe it was one, but all the other guys have never touched a weapon in their life. He said, and Serge's guys, not one single man that he has has ever picked up a weapon. I think he had a little bit smaller of a crew. Anyway, and he said they never picked up a weapon. He said, and he got mad at you, uh, or you thought he got mad at you because uh, you were you were filming. Uh, it wasn't that. It's that when you're filming from far away, and they have no idea what you're doing, these new guys, he said only, you know, me, well, in that case, only Serge or whatever, had any experience. He had seven and a half uh, years of experience in the military. All of these other guys were there for two weeks, right? They're just there for two weeks learning. So if they see me with a camera from a distance, maybe they think that you're going to harm them, right? And, and it, you know what? I was very appreciative that he, that he said it. I thought it was great. He <clears throat> indicated that, you know, I, I, you know, he wasn't very specific, you know, but either it could be a gun, it could be a, um, you know, it could be like a grenade launcher. But if you, if you think about it, if you have no idea what's going on and I'm pointing a camera at you and you're edgy, you're, you know, upset, you, you're, you've got tons of anxiety and you've never done this before, Maybe you were an accountant right before the war started, and all of a sudden now um, you see some idiot, and as you see it, you know, me, that being the case, uh, pointing something at you. And maybe you turn around and say, you know what? Is that a gun? Is that what? Maybe I get shot. So that's what he was trying to, that's what this guy was trying to say. And I think the thing that, I, and, and I was impressed with 
with the candor. Um, by the way, we'll take a quick break. Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, our recap of 2022, talking about the Ukraine. Frank McKay signing off just for now, and we'll be back uh, with our second segment right after this. He's breaking it down so you don't have to. This is Breaking It Down with Frank McKay on 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. I'd like to welcome everyone back to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here in our segment two of our discussion today. And as we uh, broke, I was just talking about um, being, being told why there was a concern about me pointing a camera at people from even from a distance. And, and if you missed the first segment or the, that piece of what I was saying, it's, it's because basically the, the guys that are in charge, the commanders of these little, little troops are, um, are uh, concerned that the inexperienced uh, soldier is going to see me pointing something at them from a distance, misunderstand it, and and shoot me. Basically, they didn't say that, but uh, you know that I would harm them, uh, maybe in their mind, and they would have some reaction. So he was he was being, you know, uh, cold or or whatever, uh, simply to um, uh, simply to uh, you know protect me in a sense, not in a sense. I mean directly uh, protect me. And, and like I said, I thought that was I thought that was a very cool. Um, explanation. It, the the other thing that I I kind of figured out on my own, and uh, someone from the Romanian army kind of backed backed me up on it, and um, he said, "Yeah," he said, "That's exactly it." Uh, when I said that, um, I thought that the the troops that I was running into were in the rural area and keep in mind i was i started out in a very rural area i that's basically all i was i was in you know, the closest i got uh, was uh, to lviv you know and uh, and and i got chased out of there twice everybody did not just me but um and right under L- lviv right where we were it just got it, it got shelled uh, like crazy uh, at one uh, at one point and they shelled the hell out of it um, seven, I think seven hours and 20 minutes after I was there, uh, you know, we figured out seven and a half hours roughly. And, uh, and you know, it's, it sounds very responsible that they kept us out. They kept civilians out. They, uh, they sensed something was coming or they knew something was coming. And, uh, and, you know, seven and a half hours later, bang. And, and I think a lot of those guys, uh, from what I understand, uh, a lot of those guys died that I, I haven't even brought up these these other guys yet, but uh, they were some of the first people I started talking to, and they were going to Lviv. And um, anyway, back to what I was just saying in the in, in the first segment. The I mentioned, you know, if you see a a, a grizzly bear, you see a, a wolf, and you see them, out, they're doing one or two things, right? They're they're doing uh, they're they're hunting. They're looking for food, or they're looking for sex, right? They're looking to procreate, and the the soldiers, right? They're doing something also. Maybe it's training, maybe it's whatever. But if you keep seeing soldiers in a certain area, they're doing something, and um, 
I, I think for the most part what the soldiers that I was seeing, and, and it might even have, have to do with their inexperience, they were close to the, uh, the, the Polish border. Actually, this was, for the most part, all the Polish border that I'm talking about here, those, those guys. And they, uh, being so close to the Polish border, it makes me think, it makes me think that, uh, that they were getting supplies from over there, and that's why uh, they bombed near, and this has nothing to do with the, uh, you know, the, uh, the city bombing, or right below the city bombing that happened, but the, uh, it, close to the Polish border, that really spooked a lot of people. It spooked the, uh, the troops, the Polish troops on that side, and maybe they thought that it was going to uh, well, actually, I'm sure they know exactly uh, what was going on. And, uh, the rest of us felt, even the guy that owned the deli, he felt the uh, the shelling, and um, and he's right on the border, you know, the, the, the Polish-Ukrainian border, uh, where it got bombed. I wasn't around at that point. I don't remember where I, I was in. I was inside. I was, uh, you know, you know, uh, a couple of hours inside the Ukraine at that point, and it just seemed like every time, um, you know, it, it was like the gods were watching over me, or whatever. I really, you know, I I didn't have a lot of danger, and you know, I was I was asking for it in a way, and I'm glad I, you know, trust me, I'm, I don't have any death wish or anything like that, and I've, I think if I did, I would have been, I would have drove right to, uh, uh, right to uh, Kiev. And and went there. I mean, I, I guess I could have gotten, I guess I could have gotten there, but not um, uh, not easily, uh, you know, with certainly with no reception. But um, you know, it's quite frankly, I mean, it, it turned into a refugee uh, situation for me. I mean, the, the soldiers uh, are you know certainly interesting, but they're not giving you much, and they're not talking on camera, and they're not. Um, by the way, they. You know, all of the people over there, uh, it was it, it was a challenge to get folks that could speak English. And every once in a while, you know, you'd get somebody and they say, oh, my English is so terrible. And I'd say, I promise you it's not. Please just keep talking. I, it's so hard to find somebody who's got uh, the English that you have. And they're self-conscious about their, you know, I, and by the way, I can imagine I don't speak any other language, but... Uh, you know the the Ukrainians and and the Poles and the uh, Romanians and people from Moldova, uh, those folks. Um, you know the English isn't their first language, and when you when you're shooting a documentary or, you, or you're you're gathering radio footage uh, or radio audio, you want to uh, you want to talk to somebody who sounds like you could we could understand what they're saying of course so when you get somebody it's like you're just you're just hoping that he'll continue or she'll continue to uh, to talk that being said uh, these these troops um they they didn't want to talk and they didn't want to talk on on camera uh, you know there's a, another you know i guess theory that uh, that I have, and, and some people backed it up as well, uh, is that a lot of people thought it would be a quick war. I'm not saying that the, the Ukrainian soldiers did. They, they went in for the long haul, and it was kind of like do or die. But I think a lot of people thought that this is a, 
uh, you know, this is a quick operation by uh, by Putin. He's just going to come in and just wipe everybody out, and the Russians are going to come in and just uh, you know kill the Ukrainians and take o- take over real quick and whatever. And <clears throat> obviously, we're we're coming up on a year, and that has yet to happen. They've destroyed the infrastructure of of the Ukraine. I mean, let's face it; it's it's a mess. I don't know how many years it's going to it's going to uh, take to get anywhere but if you um if you uh, if, if you think about it i i don't i personally didn't think it was um you, you know it would it would be this positive from a ukrainian side if you want to use the word positive uh you know they they fought valiantly and they're fighting valiantly and and who knows i mean you know, you have to have a different uh, opinion. I certainly have a different opinion of of where this could go, and I don't know. I'm certainly no military expert, but I thought that the reason the soldiers desperately didn't want to be caught on camera is they thought it might be they thought it might be uh, um, early, you know, like an early exit, and they they figure, why do I want footage on here? And then Russians are going to know where I am, and if there's any kind of uh, settlement to be made and Putin gets a big piece of land and they get out and, you know, here these guys are on, uh, you know, all over uh, TV, all over, right, you know. So I thought that was uh, that was part of it. And I, I still think that uh, there there's some of that there. You know, why do they want to put themselves in, in danger, in jeopardy? You know, the, 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 the folks that you see, I mean, at this point, they're all in. But at that point, at that point, this is, you know, two weeks into the war. This is the start of the war. And in their minds, they have no idea what's going on. Why the hell uh, are they going to do anything? You know, and I really didn't get grandstanders in any of the army, uh, any of the armies, I should say. And, um, you know, nobody, you know, maybe it's very strict over there. Uh, you know, they don't want their soldiers getting media. By the way, it's strict here too, right? You know, if you're, you're a... Uh, you know, private lieutenant. Whatever, even if you're, uh, you're a captain, uh, your your superiors don't want to see you shooting off your mouth and becoming a little uh, uh, TV star. What is uh, you know what what's uh, certainly um, interesting to me is that uh, that nobody uh, wanted to uh, you know wanted to. Uh, uh, you know, grandstand in front of that camera that was in the military. Nobody. Uh, a retired guy. I got a retired guy saying some pretty interesting things uh, from Romania. But look, we're coming up on another break uh, before we start uh, uh, segment three on our conversation about the, or my monologue, I should say. We're not conversing. I'm not taking a course. But uh, my monologue on uh, the war in the Ukraine. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with more right after this. This is Frank McKay. and talking the Ukraine 2022 recap. We'll be back right after this. This is Breaking It Down with your host, Frank McKay, on 107.1 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. I'd like to welcome everyone back to Breaking It Down, segment three of our conversation and this is, I think, our fourth straight day of conversation about the Ukraine. And hopefully I'm giving you some, some different perspectives that, uh, that you might not get anywhere else. And I'm trying to keep them as non-political as possible. 
And, you know, look, you know, you can make up your own mind on, on the politics of this. And it certainly isn't my job to try to influence anyway. Look, I, I don't I don't think I don't think there's much I, much that you can say um, that can uh, change people's minds at this point. I, everyone has, uh, you know, what, what you call confirmation bias. And I know it's one of those terms that's used over and over. So if you're pro Putin. And, and again, I know some people are pro-Putin, let's face it. There's some prominent people in, on TV who seem to be pro, pro-Putin. So, you know, it's, uh, if you're that far gone where you're, you're pro-Putin, nothing is going to convince you to, uh, to think otherwise. And if you're anti-Putin, you're looking for information on on the internet or you know uh, you know from a radio commentary what we're doing now or or tv you're looking for things that are confirming what you already believe and you know we, we see more and more of that as uh, as we go on in social uh, social media for example you know you'll see uh, see people and you'll see people using it as as an actual source and you know quite frankly uh I don't think that any of us are going to do uh, any of us are going to do or say too much that are going to convince anyone about this. But, but I can, I can kind of give you a perspective from somebody who was there, and uh, you know who spent you know a relatively short period of time, but five days in the Ukraine and fifteen days total around. Uh, you know, hopefully, I'm giving you some some food for thought of what it was actually like over there. So it's kind of kind of interesting, you know. I mentioned, I think it was yesterday or the day before. I planned on going to Belarus, just to see like the Russian side of uh, of of all this, and you know, to see some tanks and to get some video of tanks. I don't know if I would have got very far. Uh, I'll, I'll give you an example. The first day, and I I mentioned this as we're as we're talking here, and and maybe my first day, uh, you know. The, the first day that I started recapping this, I, I talked about crossing over in Romania into, from Romania into the, uh, in, into the Ukraine for the first time. And I was talking to all these different folks, and I'll get into this, you know, in, in tomorrow's show, because I think, you know, some of it's pretty interesting and, and, and heavy. But I, you know, I mentioned how I walked in and everyone's, uh, you know, just brokenhearted and devastated. And, uh, you know, I walked in, <clears throat> you know, foolishly underestimating how, I mean, I didn't tell anybody I was underestimating. I'm telling all of you, and I've told people, you know, ever since there, yeah, I underestimated how sad this particular situation was going to be. And uh, it's, it's, you know, you can't think of a worse case scenario that would, that would be any worse. I mean, uh, other than the fact that uh, that Putin starts, God forbid, dropping you know nuclear uh, nuclear weapons or, uh, or or dropping some uh, some crazy uh, weapons and and you know you can't put anything past them. But as of now, we're not talking about that. We're not we're not seeing that. the The interesting thing that happened on that first day, having to do with the troops. I, I was excited to see troops. I took pictures right away and whatever. 
And they told me don't. They said, listen, we're glad that you're here. And again, this is all in broken English. We're going to be, you know, we're going to try to be helpful to you, but don't take pictures of the troops. And one of the, one of the soldiers said to me, very interesting, he pointed to this one guy that I had been talking to. And he had a van. He had a couple of uh, vans going back and, and back and forth. Uh, and, and I'll get into that in a second. But what he said uh, was, don't, don't take any pictures of these vans here. And I said, yeah, I, I won't. And I must have, you know, crossed the line. I mean, I was shooting, you know, I was shooting video, right? So the thing is like, you know, you see something interesting and you try to get it, even though it's forbidden or, or whatever. And the guy came over to me and he said, look, I've, I've talked nice to you, you know, about this and I know you're doing your job, but you're not going to have any friends. That's how he put it, something like that. Again, heavy, heavy broken English. But he said, you're going to have no friends if you do that again. And he meant, you know, sneaking in shots of the, of the troops. And I said, I'm sorry. I, I, I just, he said, no, he said, it's, you know, we want to be, we want to be helpful. We like that you're here. Um, but please, if you, uh, uh, if you, you want to have friends here, you don't, you know, won't do that. So anyway, the guy that he was pointing to, and, and again, every, you know, in, in my mind and, you know, every, I do a lot of traveling, uh, you know, you, everybody's like a scammer, or at least in my mind, like everyone that you're meeting is, is hustling you or, or trying to trying to scam you in some way. So uh, here's a war going on, and I'm I'm thinking the same same thing. And maybe maybe wrong. Maybe these guys are, are like patriots. But one guy showed me, and and the cops were friendly with them. The cops and the not, not only the cops, the uh, troops, and the cops were friendly with them. So I got to believe whatever they were doing. The you know obviously the 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 government and and those folks thought that this was uh, this was helpful to the cause, and one guy showed me what he called grenades, and I mean they didn't look like any grenades that I've ever seen in my uh, you know in my life. I haven't not that I've seen a lot of grenades, but you know you you think of the things with the the pins. But what they were, and he showed me a van full of them. This is the first day, by the way. This is not. This is right across the border, and you know, in in full sight of of troops, like watching what's going on. And and he told me, he said, you cannot take you know pictures. You cannot whatever. And he showed me a um a, a van full of what he called grenades. And to me, what they looked like were were you know, like pipe bombs, but sophisticated, you know, like a, made in a, in a factory, not made, you know, by some kid or whatever, but they they were like pipes, you know, like it looked like plumbing, like short, you know, little plumbing, uh, uh, you know, pipes or something like that. And, uh, you know, a little different than that. They had like little ridges in them um, and whatever, and they were uniform. They were, you know, they looked like, Whatever, but uh, he he used the word grenade. Um, you know, I assume they were they were bombs of some kind, and he's showing me, and he's explaining. He and this other guy were uh, he and this other guy were trying to explain things to me, and what they were saying was um, that uh, you know they were trying to think of uh, what the words were, and the word that they ultimately uh, landed on was relay. 
I, I said relay, but you know, in other words, they have something and they're going to hand it off to somebody else and, and, uh, they're going to go, uh, go from there. And what they were going to hand off these, and these are Ukrainians, right? They're going, they were going to hand off these, uh, these grenades, right? These, what they called grenades to another guy who was going to give them citrus, and I assume that meant all kinds of fruit. You know, they were trying to search for the word, the English words that, that I would understand. So I, I imagine there was a van full of fruit. And then these guys were going to the, these guys were going to give these guys <laughs> grenades or whatever, or some of these grenades. And they were going to they were going to walk. I walked they were gonna, uh, drive it to some other location. And then they're going to get fruit and they're going to do that. And they just kept doing it. And I forget what else. Uh, it, it, actually, I, it, I don't forget. Uh, what else they uh, they said that they uh, were transporting? Uh, they couldn't explain it in a sense where I knew it what it was, and I was saying clothing, food is. They say no, 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 and they they couldn't figure out you know like what words to use, and they had no no visual to show me. But anyway, but you know that was that was the first day that I was there, and and if you remember, I had five and a half hours. Um, I, I I was dropped off by somebody who was doing a lot of the work of the. Um, uh, refugees bringing refugees um, back and forth to, to shelters and uh, w- lovely people uh, just just wonderful people and um, uh, a man named uh, Flavio uh, Manaya and his uh, his lovely wife be- you know beautiful people and uh, have three um, three boys who are just uh, really nice they, they brought me over to dinner uh, either the first day or the second day, but I met them at, at in uh, Yash, um, that's a big city in Romania, and I met them at the uh, at the uh, uh, refugee center, the first refugee center I went to, and they had a bunch of kids there. It was just great, and um, you know the 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 Manai's, Mr. and Mrs. Manai, they're on my Facebook page. If anybody's my face, you could find them and uh, and. They uh, absolutely love a little bit of uh, uh, you know uh, you know a little bit of uh, support for what they're doing, and uh, they're not showboaters, but they're they're on there. Uh, Frank McKay signing off just for now. We'll be back with with segment four right after this. Frank McKay signing off. We'll be back with more breaking it down and more on the Ukraine war and uh, recap of 2022 right after this. In many ways, Long Island is the story of America. It's Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. Long Island is definitely the place for you. Now, here's your host, Frank McKay, on 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. Welcome back to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, segment four of our daily discussion, what's become a daily discussion on the recap of the Ukrainian war, uh, something I, I've been talking about my personal experiences there, and again, five days inside the Ukraine and, and 15 days total in and around the the neighboring countries and the Ukraine itself. And uh, right before uh, I broke, I, I mentioned uh, two people, and you know I hate to single out uh, any two people because I got a bunch of folks there, but if you go to my Facebook page, You'll see a beautiful lady uh, named Manuela Menea. I'll spell it. It's M-A-N-U-E-L-A. 
and last name is M-A-N-E-A, and if you go to Frank McKay Facebook or whatever, her husband uh, is Flavio uh, Manea, and it's uh, F-L-A-V-I-U, uh, and you know capital M-A-N-E-A, and uh, the two of them are just, I, they, they just absolutely blew me away. Um, a lot of people did, but I'm, I'm going to talk about the, these two specifically. Uh, I met them in Yash, and I keep saying if you, uh, if <laughs> I, I, you can get the, the spell and be champ of the world and ask him to spell or her to spell uh, Yash, and they never will. I, I, I don't even know. There's an I in there. Maybe it starts with an I and an A and whatever, but it comes out to Yash, and, and these folks are from Yash. I think it's the second biggest city in Romania, and I met them. At this, I met Flavio. Um, he was running. He was the like the head volunteer at a at vol- complete volunteers too. They're just donating their they're just donating their money, their time, their effort, their uh, their heart and soul into this refugee center in Yash. And you know, I wish I knew the name of it. I, I it, it to me it was uh, it was brand new and. Um, uh, Manaya, uh, she's she's the one who brought me up to uh, the the crossing the first day, and she was just she was lovely. She was you know driving people back and forth, and by the way, having no idea who's coming there, they were just picking up people at the border, uh, you know, which you know you would think could be a very dangerous thing as well, but uh, but she dropped me off right outside uh, of the the crossover from uh, Romania into uh, the Ukraine. And she said, look, I'm going to be back here in five and a half hours. If you want to ride, I'll certainly, you know, give you a ride back to your hotel or help you find something or whatever. Um, but just uh, just so you know, I, I, you know, if you're not back in five and a half hours, I got to kind of keep going. You know, we got a lot of refugees to bring back and forth. I said, yeah, don't worry, I'll be here. And, you know, kind of synchronized our you know, iPhones and made sure. But anyway, she's the one who dropped me off. That's uh, and this is when I first, I first met her. I I met Flavio. Uh, I think the night before, in uh, you know, in that refugee center. And you know, I didn't see her there. But he said, you know, my wife will will drive you there. And you know, by the way, a lot of people are very supportive of of me being there. And you know, certainly the Ukrainians were. And and the soldiers uh, were were there. They just didn't like uh, being filmed, and uh, and they didn't. You know, they they were very, you know, very um, exact about their feelings. Anyway, back to uh, the the uh, Manayas, I think it's pronounced uh, Flavio and, and Manaya. Um, the the two of them uh, just constant tirelessly. Uh, helping out this this one particular refugee center, and it was just packed. It was like five floors. Somebody donated their building, and it just became a complete refugee center. And when I went in there that night, and I'm trying to think of who the hell brought me in originally, but uh, you know, I met Flavio through a through another guy who was driving me around. Oh, actually, he brought me. I the the guy who brought me there. God, I don't even know what the hell. This is terrible. He's the guy who kind of got it all started. Uh, he introduced me to these uh, these folks, Flavio 
uh, in uh, in particular, and, and I, I met him there, but he dropped me off, and he said, they'll get you back to where you had, and I said, great. And I said, am I allowed to uh, shoot? He said, yeah. He said, just, but if, if anybody's uncomfortable, um, you know, have their, you know, feelings um, into consideration first. So anyway, you know, I went to this, um, you know, this uh, this refugee center. It wasn't like they were putting on a show for me or, or the press. There was no press. It was me. Um, <clears throat> it just, it was in its natural state. And these entertainers came, just one after the other, were, were coming to entertain the Ukrainian refugee kids. And they were cute. They were little, you know, little kids. And to them, it was like a, you know, like a big party. Um, obviously, they... Um, you know, their fathers and brothers and grandfathers, um, for the most part, got left, uncles got left uh, behind. Um, so, you know, the, the older ones knew, uh, you know, the severity of this. But the younger ones, uh, they were trying to keep their minds off of it. Everyone was trying to, um, you know, handle this where uh, where the kids would, uh, would, would, you know, get through it as seamlessly as possible. And, uh, you know, they were... You know the the entertainers varied from uh, from interesting to you know puppets uh, puppeteers, but I mean it was just like one after the other, and and you know there was this woman who came in dressed like a princess, and she had other people, and they uh, they were singing Baby Shark, and these kids were uh, dancing around, and whatever it was just you know it's it it, it was heart wrenching. Because you know we knew what was, you know we, you know adults, know what uh, what's going on here, and the, um, uh, you know the the kids uh, were were being entertained. By the way, all the refugee centers that I went to, uh, for the most part, all of the refugee centers that were somewhat established had people like that coming. So it was anybody who considers themselves or likens themselves to being a uh, an entertainer. Well, they um, they uh, they got a chance to entertain, and they were entertaining these kids, and it was just a, a you know just a very you know just a very cool thing that uh, that the Romanians, and then you know a few days later I found out the Poles and uh, folks from uh, Moldova, uh, and and other you know other countries uh, that I didn't visit were doing the same thing, and it wasn't only the government saying hey come in and and. Uh, let us educate you. Let us continue this on. But it was uh, it, it was just people, and uh, you know, just wonderful. I mean, it was a wonderful experience from that, uh, you know, from that standpoint. And it was just it, it was it was great um, to see uh, people doing this. But again, it was surreal, and you know, uh, the the nights went on uh, way late uh, for me. And you know, I was uh, I guess still on New York time. I don't know, it's seven hours, uh, seven hours ahead of of where we are. I think uh, most most it was six hours or seven hours ahead. So um, I, I was just I and I was driving uh, people back and forth and uh, just constantly. And uh, you know, some people just looked like they were in complete shock of what's going on and. You know, very interesting. I, I, I can't believe I don't know her name, but she's in my documentary. And I I interviewed her um, at the airport. Uh, 
and you know the the bizarre thing about it is I drove her from the border with uh, Flavio's wife Manaya uh, that first night uh, we drove this young woman she's 30 years old and a very tall slender woman and I thought it was her mother that she was with it, it, they had no idea who each other were and the uh, the other woman had a, a child um, so it was uh, it was the three of them and then it was a, there was another um, couple of women that we dropped off way early so we had the, those three but I was uh, I was talking to this woman this is 30 year old woman as we as we dropped them off in uh, in Flavio's um, uh, refugee center and we dropped them off and they were impressed uh, with it but you know obviously very sad but the young woman uh, this just I mean you can't make this up uh, I was I was flying from from uh, this Polish airport to I'm trying to think of where I would have been flying to um, maybe it was Germany at the, oh yeah it was Germany I was going to this you know to, to see what was going on there uh, someone said um, that that they had a whole you know there was a whole situation set up in in Hamburg and uh, yeah so I flew there but who's on the line but the woman that I drove to <laughs> that I, I drove that first night um, and I said where's your mother and she said, oh, that's not my mother. She said, I didn't know that woman at all. And I interviewed her. I have her in the documentary. Shame on me for forgetting her name. But I mean, it's just out of all those thousands, of millions, right? Millions of people. But thousands of people that were in the, in the airport that particular day, how in a million years would I I'd be standing behind her? We looked at each other like, you got to be kidding me. Like, wow. And by the way, one quick note before I let everybody go uh, for, for the day. Um, the, the airport uh, bumped me and, and made me wait. And I went on this, uh, on this long line. And, they, and when I got to the end, uh, you know, the beginning, they said, no, no, you're on the long line, wrong line. You got to go over there. And I thought almost about complaining and I almost said, can you believe this? Have you ever seen it? And I looked around and I saw thousands and thousands of refugees, including this one woman that I knew. Um, and, and I said, you know what? I, I, if I can, if I can help it, I'm never complaining again. It's just, I almost said, can you imagine what they, you know, like, I, I, like I'm inconvenienced, whatever. I mean, their lives are turned upside down. Frank McKay signing off. Uh, you've been listening to Breaking It Down. We're doing a recap of 2022 and, uh, and, and my uh, experience with the uh, Russian-Ukrainian war. Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you all next time on Breaking It Down. This is Breaking It Down with your host, Frank McKay, on 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays.